And hello again, Tomorrow's World Now viewers. It's great to see you here. We are live on Facebook. We're super excited about being here. We had another issue last week about going live. Facebook kicked us off a few times, but today we hope to stay there. So please pray for us and continue to watch and share this show with your friends. Today's show is very special. We have the Christian Passover coming up this Sunday night, and we have a show talking about suffering. As you know, if you're a human being and you live on the planet Earth, you have probably suffered and know people who are suffering right now. It's a very serious topic. And we have three pastors for the, from the Living Church of God to talk about that topic today. We have Mr. Wyatt Seselka in studio, Mr. Rod McNair, and Mr. Mario Hernandez. So we're going to go to them now. We're excited about top, talking about this topic with you live here on Facebook. And I'm introducing our panel, so here they are. Here is Mr. Seselka, Mr. Hernandez, and Mr. McNair. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, thank you, everybody out there in Facebook land for joining us live. Um, as Dylan mentioned, there's going to be three of us today. Uh, we're all ministers with the Living Church of God. We're going to have a conversation about some news items. And uh, the theme today, uh, sadly, but uh, I think necessary and it's, it's timely, is suffering. And why is there so much suffering going on? We, we see in the news uh, many, many uh, news items every week, uh, daily. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk about a few of those today. Uh, one of the items that we'll discuss is what just happened in St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, terrible, terrible uh, tragedy. There was a, an explosion, a suicide attacker. We're going to talk about that. Uh, if we have time, we're going to go through additional topics as well. Uh, talk about North Korea. Uh, talk about a, uh, a young girl um, who is a tragic example of the suffering sometimes that innocent little kids uh, deal with, and uh, if we have time, we'll, we'll maybe even touch on what's happening in Syria uh, re recently, which is really escalating. Uh, what's happening in Syria right now is, um, uh, has the potential to become you know, quite a problem uh, for the Western nations and um, potentially a lot, a lot of conflict. <clears throat> I am joined today by uh, Mr. Rod McNair and Mr. Mario Hernandez. Hello. My Hello. friends. So uh, Rod and Mario and, and me, and so we're going to have the conversation. This is the panel today, and Dylan's uh, directing at the director's table, and uh, will help keep us all uh, heading in the right direction. So let me begin, uh, gentlemen. I'm going to read just a little bit from a, uh, a news article here that I printed out. Uh, this is all over the news, of course, what happened in Russia uh, regarding the, uh, the, the St. Petersburg bombing. Uh, the title here is St. Petersburg Bombing Carried Out by Suicide Attacker. Let me read just a little bit and then ask a question or so and we can talk about it. Um, so this says, uh, Monday's deadly St. Petersburg metro attack was carried out by a suicide bomber originally from the Central Asian Republic of Kyrgyzstan. Authorities said the Russian investigative committee said the bomber was uh, this gentleman, Aberjan Dejilov, 22 years old. I thought that, that caught my attention, you know, a young man. And, uh, you know, presumably this, if he's guilty of what, you know, what he seems to be, uh, you know, t took so many lives and, and really ruined his own life. You know, 22 years old. Uh, won't read the whole article, obviously, but uh, some, uh, some highlights from it. You know, you go through the victims list. Uh, victims range from age 17 and 20 to age 21, 25. You know, just, just terrible. These were moms and dads, granddads, uh, you know, children. 
uh, <clears throat> the death count is going up. I think today I heard it was in the 80s or something. Uh, the explosion took place um, at a uh, between a, a couple uh, uh, train stations, and actually the the the, the engineer is being, you know, said to be somewhat of a hero because he sort of evacuated, uh, which I thought was really, you know, he took the train down the track. So, but, um, you know, it, we hate seeing this happen anywhere. And, and we've seen this in these types of events in Europe and so forth. Uh, we don't want to see it happening in, in Russia as well. Um, <clears throat> one of the scriptures that, that we were talking about before, and I'll throw this out to you all, um, is a scripture that there, there's application for us, and that's Leviticus 26 verse 16 that talks about, uh, you know, at, at the end of the days that, that God would appoint terror uh, over, over us. Now, that scripture um, is not necessarily about Russia, as we understand. It's, it's more about, frankly, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I want to throw that out to you all and just get your comments on what the significance might be about this and what thoughts you wanted to share with the audience. Mr. <clears throat> You know, it's it's very prophetic. Um, as you mentioned, this is something that is happening more and more in the news. It's sadly becoming um, more of a, a normal thing that we're hearing about. And the Apostle Paul talked about that in, in his letter to Timothy. He said, Know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving. In the New King James, I think it says, <clears throat> without natural affection. And clearly, the rise of, of suicide bombers who have no uh, respect for their own life, uh, much less the respect for others who lives that they're taking, um, clearly Paul told us that, that just before Christ's return, uh, it would be a perilous time, and, and the, these types of things are are showing that very thing happening. Yes. Now, uh, you said, Mr. Siselka, that did not directly apply to uh, Leviticus 26. Some in our audience that know about prophecy know exactly whom God addresses those prophecies. But anyway, we find another and warning of Jesus Christ in Matthew. 24 and in Luke 17 where he clearly says it will be when he is about to return like in the days of Noah. So we can read a little bit about the days of Noah. It applied to every nation on earth, not only Russia or the United States or South America or whatever it is. We, we can read a few verses here and uh, we just uh, see a description of what we're seeing on the world scene at this time. So in chapter 6 of the book of Genesis, I would like to read the scripture in verse 5. Chapter 6 and verse 5, he says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Aren't we seeing that growth, dear friends? I, I'm sure you are. Someone can say there has always been violence on earth. But I think the media today helps us to see how it multiplies and how it grows. And it's kind of contagious. But we're going to see that even this is suffering that make us give us profound concern for suffering is an announcement of good news that this is about to end and that Christ is about to return to establish a kingdom of 1000 years of peace on earth. So that's the hope we want to present behind these tragedies. Uh, 
it says here in chapter 6, verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great on the earth. We're seeing it. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So we're seeing evil multiply in a tremendous rate. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth. And he was grieved in his heart. God has emotions. And we're going to see a little bit later on that God knows about suffering more than we think. Because some people accuse God of allowing suffering. But we're going to see some points that will be very, very clear for us. And then I will read a little bit more here and ask Mr. Ciselka also his point of view. In verse 12 of chapter 6 of uh, Genesis, so God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt. And we're seeing that there are even demonstrations now in Russia because of the corruption of the government there. So we're seeing corruption in every aspect, my dear friends, in almost every country on earth. And then he says, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And then he says in verse 13, then the end of, of the flesh has come. We know it's not the end of all flesh. It's the end of an era and the beginning of another one. And that's the hope we want to present to the audience. There are better times coming, my friends, in spite of what we're seeing day by day, getting worse and worse. And he says, for the earth is filled with violence. How about the wars in Africa, in, in so many places and, and the wars in the Middle East, my dear friends, the earth is filled with violence through, through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God is not going to destroy the earth this time. He's going to, actually, He didn't destroy them. He's going to bring a new era, an era of peace. And that's the good news we can see behind these terrible tragedies. So I would like to ask Mr. Ciselka, he has something to add on the subject. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Hernandez. So <clears throat> that is, you know, one of the themes of the show today is suffering, but also the fact that there is hope. There is hope beyond the headlines. And uh, I actually want to use this as an opportunity to bring in the next topic, but really ha continue to have continue to have the same conversation. The, 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 the other news item, which we, we, we don't need to, again, we don't need to read all the details, but I want to continue to have the conversation that Mario Hernandez is having about why they're suffering and what the hope is. It is about North Korea. You know, North Korea um, is, is, is uh, launching missiles into the sea, and, and the United States is getting very uh, concerned. Let me just read a little bit, and I want to tie this in to what Mr. Hernandez was talking about. So here, uh, new, news headline. Um, days before President Trump hosts his Chinese counterpart, uh, a top U.S. official warned Tuesday that the clock has run out on decades of diplomatic uh, efforts to rein in North Korea's nuclear and missile programs. I think Dylan was just showing that on the screen, uh, that headline. Uh, the clock has now run out. All options are on the table for us, uh, the official told reporters at a briefing held on condition of uh, that you know, he would not be identified. Uh, hours after those remarks, North Korea fired a ballistic missile into the waters off of its east coast, according to South Korean officials. Now, th th there's many headlines uh, that we could turn to that uh, that indicate that the world uh, the world is, is is in turmoil. I want to bring in what Jesus Christ said. Mr. Hernandez was reading a little bit from the Old Testament, and and as he knows, and as we know, and as we preach. 
Jesus Christ, he's misunderstood by, frankly, a, a lot of the world. They, 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 they see the Old Testament being full of scary prophecies, and then they see Jesus Christ uh, wrongly. They just assume he you know, only talked about love, and that was it. Well, he, he taught about love, he practiced love, but he also gave us a warning. And Matthew 24, one of the most famous passages where Jesus Christ tells us that at the end of the age, we will hear of wars and rumors of wars. I'm thinking about the North Korea situation. Uh, we might talk about Syria and what just happened there if we have time later. I'm thinking about the Russian situation. I'm thinking about what Mr. Hernandez mentioned about as it was in the days of Noah. If you study that, 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 if you study the time of Noah, what's interesting to me is you had a lot of people behaving like life would go on, right? They were giving in marriage. They were behaving like life would go on. But yet life was not going to go on for them, was it? God had had enough, and he was going to cleanse the world. He was going to cleanse the world righteously and get rid of the sin. So people were acting like life was going to go on, but there was an escalation even during that time. They were giving in marriage, but there was an escalation of violence, of evil, of war. And so here we have this North Korea just as one of many examples. And uh, Jesus Christ says in Matthew 24, like I mentioned, that you know, you'll, don't, don't be troubled. These things must come to pass. The end is not yet. We are not preaching that there's going to be a, a secret rapture where we're going to be raptured off uh, tomorrow or next week or next year. But we are approaching the end of the age. And Jesus Christ tells us in Mark 13, you know, be aware of the, the fig tree, right? We are to be aware. We are to be aware of what's happening in the world around us. And so I wanted to throw that back to Mr. Hernandez and Mr. McNair and get your thoughts about, you know, what should Christians be looking for? We're going to talk about suffering more in a moment, but what should Christians be looking for? When we see these new news headlines, what should we be looking for? How should we understand what's happening in the news within the light of prophecy and within the light of, you know, frankly, do we have hope? Do we have hope? Is there hope? You know, one thing that I think is is important that we can sort of get caught up in, in the politics of our own nation, and we can sort of be uh, certainly wanting to, and we, we want success, we want our nation to be strong, but I think one of the things that we have to realize is because of our sins, that God is prophesying certain things. You, you brought this up in, in the previous one, Leviticus 26, verse 19 talks about how I will break the pride of your power, that you will not be able to project power, and even when you do project it, because of your sins, it's not going to work out right. So whether or not, you know, North Korea backs down, <clears throat> whether this leads to a bigger, uh, you know, conflagration, um, the, the overall trend that we should be walking the, watching the signs of the times, as you're mentioning, is that our nation, until we, and, and unless we repent and get our act together morally, our, our power is going to diminish. And, and so uh, exactly how that's going to work out in this situation remains to be seen, but uh, sometimes, you know, when we're weak, when we're strong, it, it, it almost doesn't matter if we're sinning, and God is going to break the pride of our power, no matter how much military we have, no matter how much money we spend into it, and that's what, that's what he said in Leviticus. Let me, I want Mr. Hernandez to jump in, but before he does, let me mention one thing that I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, you know, we are streaming live on Facebook, and we are monitoring the Facebook 
page. So if anybody has questions, we cannot promise to uh, cover them all. But if you have a question or a comment, send it in on the Facebook page. It's helpful for us, and we might uh, even be able to answer it live or deal with it another time. Mr. Hernandez, we're going to follow up on what Mr. McNair was saying. Thank you, Mr. Siselka. One thing we can assure the audience, because many people could be wondering, is, is a world war going to start because of what North Korea is doing? Is this the end coming up on us? We can tell you with certainty, my friends, not based on our own opinions, but you can verify the chronology of the time of the end in our literature. You can find it in uh, several publications that are on our webpage about uh, the after Armageddon, for example, you find an, a chronology of the time of the end based on the word of God. So we can tell you with certainty that this is not going to be the end. People are afraid of hasty decisions that Mr. Trump might, might make, and he's known for that. And uh, they warned that he could probably go to war when others have not dared to do it, and we, we don't know what's going to happen. But even if something serious explodes, we, we don't know. We're not predicting it's going to happen. Like, we're not prophets, my friends, but we know the prophecy. God has prophesied things, and they are here for us. So we invite you to check into our website and check in the, into the, the literature about the beast of the end and uh, after... Armageddon, I think, is the title of that booklet, and you find the chronology of the time of the end. And we are absolutely sure, so you don't fear yet. Christ said there will be rumors of wars, and there will be wars. But we can tell you this will not be the end yet. We know who are the contenders of the third war. They are clearly explained in our literature. That's going to be a king of the north. And that's going to be a king of the south. This is, king of the north is a European power, which is now in the world scene, and is about to emerge with great power, and is going to be challenged by a power in North Africa and Saudi Arabia. And there you have the Armageddon and beyond. That's the title of the booklet where you can read and be sure that if, even if there is a conflict with North Korea, it is not the end yet. These contenders have to be ready. And we're seeing the kings of the East. Amazingly enough, Persia, which is Iran, is making more and more dealings with Mr. Putin. And Putin and, and, and China have many, many, uh, uh, how you say, uh, treaties that will reinforce. They have a tremendous power, that block. They are not ready yet. So... I won't tell you much about it now because this is not the subject of this program, but just we can tell you, those contenders are getting ready. The East will be all these powerful countries, including even Iran, who was one of the powers of the East in history. They will join together as a front that will fight the last war before Christ returns. And there is the King of the South, who is the first one that's going to come up also probably with the king of the north. So you can read that, and it's interesting, we can tell you with absolute certainty. So you don't have to fear that the third world world is going to explode right now if we have a conflict with North Korea. Now, how can we, how can we say that with, with such surety? Uh, we know today we're talking about the news uh, today on the, on the show, but we're talking a lot about prophecy, aren't we? 
And uh, we're not going to get, we don't have time to get deep into the explanations of the king of the north and the king of the south. But I would tell you all out there um, listening to us, Peter makes it clear. Peter makes it clear that no prophecy, no scripture is of private interpretation, but that his church, that God's church, the church of God, uh, has a more sure word of prophecy and that we do well to heed uh, what the church says about prophecy. You can find that in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, I think verse 18, 19. So we're not going to go deep into it. We're going to talk about the headlines, uh, hopefully explain what's going on, give a little bit of hope and context. But uh, go to the website. Go to the website, tomorrowsworld.org. And if you hear a term today that we're talking about, King of the North or Persia or the Rapture or whatever, um, <clears throat> search for that. Search for that. Find an article and uh, go grab your Bible and, you know, prove it for yourself. Want to switch gears and keep going. Really just a sad uh, article from, <clears throat> uh, I guess, about a year ago, but it, it introduces the, the topic. And uh, Dylan, if you could throw up this on your iPad, let the audience see it if you're, if you're ready for it. This is about a four-year-old girl uh, who was the, the true face of cancer. You can see that on your screen. Uh, she died. Uh, she died. Let me tell you the story. Keep, keep that up, Dylan, for a second. This is a little bit of the story behind this picture. I'm going to read from the article. It's a CBS News article. Uh, it says the following. It's a sight no parents want to ever see their child in pain. Unfortunately, it's a sight that... Uh, this father saw too often. His four-year-old daughter, Jessica, had been battling uh, neuroblastoma, a cancer often found in the small glands on top of the kidneys for over a year. Uh, in late October, Jessica's family was told she likely had only weeks to live. As a father and a photographer, Whelan wanted to find a way to remember his little girl, but it was far more painful than he could ever have imagined. And I'm going to uh, <clears throat> wrap up with this comment from the article. Uh, this is the hard, This is a quote from the from the dad. So imagine, you know, what this what this father had to go through. I want to get some thoughts from from uh, Mr. Hernandez and Mr. McNair. But he said the following: This is the hardest photograph I've ever made. Uh, it is, in fact, my own four-year-old daughter. Whelan said, "This photograph was made in a moment that we, as parents, could offer her no comfort. Her pushing us away while she rode out the searing pain in solitude." And uh, this this photo this photo this picture went you know she ended up dying and uh, the photo went viral and a lot of people were you know made aware of her her situation and it's uh, you know I'm I'm sad for her and sad for the for the family um, <clears throat> but you know she's not the only one out there suffering she's not the or who suffered she's not the only kid who died you know uh, there, there, no sin of hers you know I mean she was afflicted uh, by cancer. Um, what are some of the things that come to mind that you gentlemen want to mention? It's a big topic, but, you know, why does God allow this type of thing to happen? You know, it's interesting um, because this is a, this is a, a gut-wrenching story um, for a parent, especially, or anyone, um, especially children. You feel um, the, if you cannot help them, if it's your own child or other children, uh, they're 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 so helpless, and it's it's hard to deal with that. And I think sometimes we uh, make the mistake of blaming God for the suffering um, when when we don't know what to do with it, and we in in this world. And because we think, well, if God is all powerful, 
And if God knows all, and if God can do all, then why didn't he stop this? Why didn't he stop, you know, whether we go back to the suicide bombing or, or a conflict between nations or, or such a horrible suffering for this little girl? And as you mentioned, the, the, the truth comes back to uh, what, what God is working out as a grand master plan for all mankind. You know, Christ said in John chapter 18, when he was facing Pilate, just before his his crucifixion, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And a lot of people don't understand that God has, from the very beginning, uh, given over us human beings to to our human nature. From the time of Adam and Eve, when, when they chose to uh, go the wrong way, to reject God's revelation and knowledge and direction, and God has just allowed human beings to push him away uh, to teach us, to help us to see that suffering is the result of, of man's own way. And so um, it's, it's actually encouraging when you understand what God is doing, that it's not just sort of, you know, happenstance. It's not for no reason at all. He's going to use all of the suffering that is going on right now, ultimately, to teach all mankind so that they will come to see there's a better way. And we, we don't want to go our way and maybe, and they'll be receptive in the time that they, when God calls them to finally turning to a way that does not lead to suffering. I think this subject, my friends, is just something. Uh, I just received a, a, a message from France from a lady who says, how can an almighty God allow the suffering of the innocent children. She says, I understand that adults are responsible for their own choices and they create their own consequences. But how come children, and here, my friend, I have a picture of uh, the ambassador uh, of the United States before the United Nations, uh, Nikki Haley, showing pictures in today's uh, Wall Street Journal. She's showing pictures of children that have died because of a gas attack in Syria. Now, they are not 100% sure whom to blame yet, and we're not going to do it here. What we're trying to explain here is why you see this beautiful little child also dead in a horrible way. They were still in bed when the attack took place. And these gases penetrated where they were, my friends. And these children died. And how many are dying and are still going to die? How come an almighty God can allow such a thing? That's the big question that people ask if they are innocent. I think the first thing that we need to understand, first of all, is that God is not indifferent to suffering. He has suffered himself. Jesus Christ became flesh. And he was an innocent victim of all our sins. And he did not evil to anyone. And he died one of the most horrible deaths devised by human beings. Pending of a cross after being tortured with terrible whipping that would turn his flesh out and hang in there for six hours until he was pierced by a, by a, by a, spear. a spear. And put him, and he died after six hours of terrible torture. 
nailed to that cross. So God is not indifferent to suffering. He knows what suffering is. And he suffered probably more than any human being has ever lived. And listen, what's the reason? And he was innocent. He was an innocent victim. Why does he allow for the time being? Here, I want to read to you. Here from the book of Hebrews, an amazing scripture that sometimes we overlook. But I will go to a one in chapter 5. There are several ones. Chapter 5 of the book of Hebrews, in verse 7, speaking of Jesus Christ, said, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, he knew what was going to come upon him. He was a human being, and he was God in the flesh. And he says, To him who was able to save him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear, but he still had to go through that torture. Though he was a son, yet, listen to this, my friends, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned obedience. He came to show us the way. And you know, even a, a child, if he dies because of somebody else's choices, being an innocent victim, he will learn obedience. What's well, not been taught in the churches, my friends, is that all of these people, these little children you see in the pictures, they are going back, they are going to come back to life in a paradise when Christ will have restored this earth for 1,000 years. And they will come and they will remember their suffering. And even if it was not their choice, they know that if they make a wrong choice, they will affect other people. Because our choices are like a stone that falls in the midst of a pond. It creates a ripple effect, either good or bad. And even if they were innocent, they will learn of what they suffer. Like Jesus Christ was an innocent victim. He learned obedience in the flesh. And he's going to promise and give the opportunity to every one of these kids. They will come back to life. That's not being taught. And it's right there in the book of Revelation. They will come back to life and live in a paradise. And God will give them the opportunity to, to have eternal happiness. And they will have learned to stay in that happiness forever because of what they suffered. That's the eternal perspective that we should have about suffering. And not blame God. And understand he has also experienced suffering himself. On, on that note, um, very, you know, well said, well put. And um, on that note, we, we're going to start bringing the show to a close. Did you have something, Mr. McNair, you wanted to add before we, we wrap it up? Yeah, just to jump on to what Mr. Hernandez was mentioning. First um, Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 talks about by his stripes we are healed. So, so not only did Christ suffer, not only did he die for our sins, but this very thing we're talking about, through his sacrifice and through the stripes that he took on his body, his broken body, that's the solution. And that's something that people aren't being taught either. Yes. There is real healing through God and Christ. So, so, be, so a couple wrap-up comments. Uh, thank you all for joining us. I want to remind everybody that you can ask us questions on Facebook. I want to make a couple comments before we close. One thing that, uh, to me became very clear in preparing for today's program is that the world needs to understand that it is not God Almighty who is responsible and the guilty party for all of the suffering 
the wars and so forth. Uh, it's, there are many scriptures we could turn to, uh, but 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, tells us that you know, Satan is the one who's responsible. He is called the God of this age. God the Father is immeasurably more powerful than Satan. But for a period of time, it is Satan the devil who is the father of lies. In Ezekiel, he is you know, called violent. He is the one who bears the majority of the blame. Now, we, when we fall away from God's law, we bring blame and pain upon ourselves. But it's not God the Father who's indifferent. God the Father cares. God the Father gave his son. His son willingly came 2,000 years ago, lived perfectly. He became our Passover. By his stripes, we can be healed. Because of God's love for us, Jesus Christ will return, establish his kingdom on the earth, and we will have an end to all of this suffering. We have a high priest in Jesus Christ that can sympathize with what we're dealing with. So the gospel is a gospel of hope. It is a gospel of hope. And in 2 Corinthians, right where it talks about uh, that uh, you know, Satan's God this, of this age, it also talks about that the gospel's hidden from some people. It's hidden from some people. The gospel is a, is a message of good news, a message of good news. There's a lot of bad news in the world today. So we're going to cover some of that news. We're going to warn people. We're going to cover it in love. But the gospel is a gospel of hope. It is veiled. It is not understood to those who are not following God's way, whom God has not yet called, whom God is not yet working with. To them, it's confusing. So if you're confused, if you see the news headlines and, you know, then go to your Bible, go to your knees, listen to what we talked about today, and just pray that God will give you understanding and comfort and that you will see that he is a loving God who has a plan. He's not letting the world drift, you know, into oblivion. With that, I want to wrap up, invite everybody to come back next week. We're going to have another panel, and I think that we're going to have uh, Mr. Wally Smith, who some of you are familiar with uh, from the telecast as one of the, uh, the, the gentlemen on the panel, and I think one of the main topics will be the spirit world and the occult and things of that nature. We're going to talk about that next week. So until then, thank you. We'll see you next time.